On this episode of The Trillist, we have... There's like a, a gap in my memory, if you will, and probably that is also dissociating, you know, from the trauma. There's no intimacy, no affection in my family, so like definitely led me to crave like a lot of affection. You know, at 13, you're aware of what that concept is, you know, marriage versus divorce. And I remember in the moment being sad about it. Someone at my school, their dad passed away of ALS. And that's when I started speaking to my dad again. For more chill content, follow the Trillis Instagram at T H E T R I L L E S T underscore podcast. And check out Sia's Insta at L I N D A L E B B I E. And if you like this video, and I know you do, just admit it, please rate our podcast it will help us with reaching more people and also share it with your friends your family your loved ones just share it hello everyone welcome to this episode of the trillist on today's episode i have three lovely colors we have lilac hello hello blue Hi, everyone. And yellow. Hi, everybody. Thank you all for coming on today. Today's episode, we will be discussing trauma. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm kind of not. All four of us, including myself, are products of divorce or our parents are currently in the process of separating and are going to get a divorce. A lot of our parents' relationship affects us, whether that be in relationships or the way we respond to things and so on. So I just thought it would be a cool episode to have other products of divorce come on and discuss their experiences. So before we begin, I just want to ask each of you to briefly share what your North Star is, what you want to do in this world, yada, yada, yada. So I'm a senior studying psychology. Um, I'm also a trained birth doula, and I'm really interested in women's health and sexual health. And my ultimate goal is to go to med school and become an OBGYN. So we'll see if that actually happens. But for now, I'm just excited to graduate and start my life as a young adult out of school. I as well. <laughs> I'm just ready to graduate. I'm super excited about that when it does happen. And we have two more months left, I think. And so 
Um, I say my North Star is as a systems engineering major, I'm really interested in patterns, interested in how things relate to each other. I'm also super interested in the arts, that is dance and crafts, and super interested in the environment and entertainment. So ultimately, I would like to work at something in the at the intersection of that, but I will be exploring the world of finance first. Uh, so I've already graduated, recently graduated, and for me, I was a communications major, so... I'm currently, I guess, on my path to my North Star. I'm working for a comms consultancy. So uh, next big leaps for me, honestly, is um, going back to school, getting my master's degree, you know, trying to finish up my education and build some experience. And as, as far as communications goes, like it's a springboard. So, so we'll see where that takes me. It can take me anywhere. But yeah, I'm just along for the ride and looking forward to seeing what's next, I guess. That is awesome. All of you have a variety of career paths. I love how Lilac mentioned that she'll be first exploring the world of finance, like every Penn student does. (laughs) Uh, No shade, no tea, but uh, something that we see. But I asked each of you this question because would you say that in each of what you want to accomplish in life, that you need to be knowledgeable about the world and what is going on, whether that be with human rights and gender and sexuality policy that's happening within domestically and outside internationally, or whether that be knowing what is happening in the entertainment industry or knowing what big comms company is doing and how the communication industry is changing oh yeah definitely i totally agree well lucky for you all and our wonderful amazing razzling listeners the trillis is sponsored by the economist and we have a special link that is in our description where people students can get a 12-week subscription for just $19. Or if you are not a student, you can get a 12-week subscription for just $25. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a phenomenal price tag. It's amazing. The Economist is a reputable source, has industry information from finance to entertainment to comms to technology to health, public health. It's amazing, multifaceted. Make sure you get your life and click the link in our description today. So let's get into this episode. As I mentioned earlier, we are discussing parents being divorced, separated, the like. So to begin, could each of you please let us know if your parents are separated or divorced? And if so, when did that separation or divorce occur? So my parents got separated or we moved out with one parent when I was six. That was in 2004. And then they never really got an official divorce up until starting the process two years ago. And they just finally had a hearing a month ago. So that's an exciting breakthrough. And yeah, I'm excited for that. 
Yeah, so like Lilac, my parents um, have not been legally divorced until I think sometime this year. I'm not exactly sure when. I'm not even sure if they're fully legally divorced yet, actually, but I know the papers have been served and they're in the process of doing that. But they have been separated, living apart since I graduated high school, which was 2017. But they have been talking about getting a divorce since I was like nine years old. So I can definitely go more into that later about like how that like affected me as an adult for sure. So my parents got divorced when I was 13. Like the whole process for them was actually pretty quick. And um, they've been living separately since then. Um, I'm prepared to go into the dynamics of that because honestly, in some ways, really and truly, it's made their relationship actually better today. So, you know, in the moment it sucked, but now it's kind of like I, I see the logics and I and I and as a especially as a grown person now, like I understand more. So, yeah. My parents separated probably when I was, I honestly have no memory of them living together. And this might be like my mind disassociating from like past trauma. But the last time that we all lived together, I believe I was four, maybe five. Uh, And then an incident happened, police were called and like that was that. And they officially got a divorce in 2006. So I was eight. And it was interesting. I don't remember going to court, but I do remember like having a lawyer, court appointed lawyer uh, visitations with my father in like public places such as Barnes and Noble or the mall. And it's so interesting because uh, when All of the Lights by Kanye featuring Rihanna came out, that song spoke to me on a deeper level. I don't even know if you guys could like understand because he mentions court appointed like visitations and seeing his daughter at Barnes and Noble. Like he actually said Barnes and Noble. And I was like, oh my gosh, how does Kanye know about my life story? Like, this is crazy. So uh, that's like my thing. And the next question that I have, and I know what I'm going to share, is how did the separation or divorce impact you? And this could be in a variety of areas. Great question. And this is the first time I'm actively talking about this as an isolated um, conversation. So thank you also was helping me reflect on my experiences. And I'd say I was really young when all of this was happening. I didn't understand really the magnitude of what was going on. But I will say that I did feel some like kind of relief. My mom took this away from my dad and I was absolutely terrified of my dad because of many, many reasons, right? And I just remember feeling a sense of relief. I also do have like a huge chunk of my life when I was that age where it just does not exist. There's like a a gap in my memory 
if you will, and probably that is also dissociating, you know, from the trauma. And so I think it's impacted me in many ways. I have like a lot of admiration for my mother who finally decided to leave that um, unwanted and uncomfortable situation that was impacting not only her, but us as the kids as well. I have an older sister. And so it's just made me relish in the impermanence of things that you let things serve you for as long as they will. And when they do not, absolutely, you are free to leave, right? You're free to let them go. It's definitely also impacted the way I approach my relationships and friendships. I'm definitely a bit more um, cautious, if you may. I like, I trust people a lot, but I'm also very cautious. I give people benefit of the doubt, but then, you know, leave some room for, I'm not going to let past experiences repeat themselves based on what I've seen happened in my parents' relationship, right? And so I'm just really good at saying what I want and don't want. And as soon as I see one thing that triggers those things that I don't want, I let it be known or I leave. Yeah, I love that mindset. I mean, my mom always used to say that everything happens for a reason. And I think that's very true. I would say for me, I definitely can see how it has affected like my romantic relationships. Like growing up, I had this idealized version in my head of like what I thought a relationship would be like basically getting it from moving movies and stuff because I mean I definitely didn't get that at home like my parents wouldn't even like I maybe saw them touch each other like once or twice like even like a hug it would just never happen maybe I've seen them kiss like once when like we were leaving for a trip or something and my dad was staying home but like it was there was no intimacy no affection in my family so like definitely led me to crave like a lot of affection and in my romantic relationship now um i was struggling a little bit with codependency because i'm also an only child so i didn't really have anyone to go to when i was growing up like i mean my parents would be fighting and i didn't have a sibling so i would just like stay in my room until i could like drive and stuff and leave the house but like otherwise I was just really isolated so even with my friends too I just like crave being around other people all the time and I think that's definitely a product of like my situation growing up that's valid um so my situation was just a little bit different I would say just because of how our family dynamic was so growing up um I was actually raised the majority of the time by my aunt, who was a single woman, because my parents both had working situations that required them to be away and moving around a lot, because my dad worked for like a regional construction company that had builds in different countries and different cities at all throughout the year. And then my mom was like a live-in RN that specialized with special needs kids, so she also was required to like live with people for extended periods of time. So because they didn't want to drag me around, I had to stay with my aunt. So when the news, because they called, we always had our weekly or, or calls to check in. So when they called me to explain that the separation was happening and then the divorce was following at 13, I was like, because, you know, at 13, you're aware of what that concept is, you know, marriage versus divorce. And I remember in the moment being sad about it. But 
it was abundantly clear or they made abundantly clear to me that listen this is us but it doesn't this isn't going to affect your daily life because you're not with us so in that way the divorce didn't impact my day-to-day life because with the exception of like summer months when they were home and I could actually be with them nothing in my day-to-day changed and then following the divorce as I said from my view of the relationship that they have is that my parents will antagonize each other just because they have that kind of relationship but at the end of the day they're very loyal to each other like I know from the jump if something were to happen today god forbid with my mom or my dad like they're the first person that's going to show up for each other um despite the divorce and the nature of their relationship so for me it kind of showed me that loyalty is something that I prize even in my relationships, whether like whether it is with friendship or romantic wise, like if you can respect me and you can have my back and be loyal to me, then we're good for life. Everything else is like secondary. We can work on that. But like I prize like loyalty and knowing that I can trust people at the end of the day. So I would say it's a kind of weird thing. Maybe it's me not processing it properly, but just like, I think that's probably the biggest impact it's had just based on our situation. That's powerful. Thank you all for sharing. And I really admire your parents, Yellow, for being adult about the situation and being there for each other. My mom, like, hates my dad. <laughs> like, actually, like, really hates him. And... um it's interesting because growing up, I was a daddy's girl, super close. I thought it was really cool that whenever we would see each other, it would be like at restaurants or at the mall or like Barnes and Noble or whatever. Uh, and then when I, a certain point, like my uncle would supervise the visits. So we'd like go to my dad's place or his, his friend owns a shop and so on. But then... I believe it was seventh grade where I just was thinking, why don't I have a normal like relationship with my dad? And um, <laughs> oh, this is hard. I didn't want to cry, but um, oh, sorry. So <laughs> I, uh, began this journey of asking family members about the situation and uh, received knowledge from outsiders. And um, I just, because my dad's very charismatic and it just changed the way I looked at him and I was really upset. And I didn't talk to him for like a year. And then someone at my school, their dad passed away of ALS. And that's when I started speaking to my dad again. Because I realized that we only have the parents that we have. And God forbid, if anything 
were to happen, I would hate myself for not speaking to him and trying to make the most of what we do have. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay. Give me one second, everyone, and then I'll no, ask the next time. question. Oh my gosh. You don't have to apologize for anything. Yeah, this is a hell of a hard topic to talk about. It's definitely like it's bringing up a lot of shit for me too right now. So I totally get what's going on. Yeah, yeah it's, oh, not, gosh. It's, it's it's not easy. It's and I think a lot of people. I think it's normalized now, especially in the media, and people see it and they think, oh, another you know divorce, another separation, blah blah blah. But you know, it's it's never easy, and there's always residual feelings that there's. Even for the most callous person, I imagine there's always some degree of emotion involved. So, because even if it, my situation, it, it affects your life. So, all of these feelings are valid. Thank Absolutely. You. And just like, even just you speaking, like, is reminding me that there's a lot of stuff I've intentionally blocked out, and you're speaking, and I can hear like my own experience through you. And I'm just like, wow, I don't even talk about this part. Right, like I've dissociated so much and I've played it in my head so many times that I decided to just like kick it into oblivion because of like how much anger it brings me. So you're doing great, Sia. Thank you all for being there for me um, and giving me that grace. And yeah, it's hard. So I just want to thank each of you for coming on today and being vulnerable with not just myself but with the listeners because I believe the statistic is that 50% of marriages today end in divorce and that number is rising you know so a lot of people go through this and it's powerful that listeners those who also have experienced this know that they're not alone so thanks for resonating um, and being there thank you thank you thank you so to move on, I've collected myself. My roommate and I have talked about our experiences with divorce. And she mentioned how some people who are like well off have relatively nice lives from the outside looking in because I want to say that everything is subjective. I hate the struggle Olympics and people saying that my struggle is more than yours and so on. Just because someone's a billionaire doesn't mean that they aren't struggling with something that could be just as big in their life as someone being evicted or something like that. So just want to put that out there. But she mentioned how people like that like to make divorce a personality trait. So do you all agree with the statement? Or do you think that divorce can permanently impact one's way of life and actions? Personally, I'll start off. I disagree with this statement. As the listeners just heard, things are very traumatic, you know? Uh, you don't know why people's parents got divorced. Domestic violence could have been a factor and all this other things. And it could affect them to this day. I'm 23 and I'm still crying about it. So I respect whatever you believe is right. You know, we can all have varying opinions. So I just want to know what you guys think. I don't know about the personality trait and like 
correlation with well-off people. I guess that just hasn't been my experience or where I am from and our culture. People, like growing up, people didn't really talk about separation or divorce or something. It is something that I felt weird about because like we had like competitions at school for sports and there would be um, events like running in my father's shoes and I didn't have <laughs> a father's shoes, right? So I would bring my mom's um, and she used to play golf. So she had this huge shoes. And it's literally a, such a shift in how one's used to living, right? It will affect how you um, relate with others. It will affect how you carry yourself um, from your day to day, you know, every single day when you interact with people, things, everything. Sia, when you were talking about your experience with your father, it just like brought up memories for me, right? I don't feel, sometimes, I don't know, like my mom's really good at shielding stuff or shielding us from things she didn't really mention to us what really transpired between her and my father like she didn't like tell us what the situation was up until we were old enough because she felt she didn't want to be the one to pit us against our father but i do have some like one of the few persisting memories are of some of those horrible experiences when i was a kid and unfortunately those are some of the only memories that i do have and i know there's a lot more that i witnessed that I did not, I do not even remember that. And it didn't only affect my mom, it affected me and my sister as well. Like that, you know, unwanted situation, unwanted behavior from my father was also inflicted upon the kids. And so sometimes I feel like my mom does not hate or is, you know, dislike my father enough, right? Just because of the type of person I am. I feel, I feel things very intensely and I, I'm not shy about letting people know that's how I feel. I can't hide it, unfortunately, whether it's how I speak or my facial expressions or how I act around people. It's hard to hide those things, right? And I had to cut off most of my father's side of the family. Like we had like a, they had like a group chat with the whole family. And as soon as I finished high school and I was like, I'm going to leave this country and they're not going to be able to find me anywhere. I just left the group and obviously caused drama or whatever. But I didn't really care because it was not serving me and it was just painful to keep being reminded of that. Yet this is somebody who, you know, made my experience in my mom's less than ideal. Yeah, it has such a huge impact whether people are willing to face it every single day or people like me who face it so much. And I just decided to block it off. And then occasionally when somebody comes and speaks up about it, it just reminds me, I'm like, wow, that is a coping mechanism, Maria. You're like, you literally have thrown all of these memories into a pit of fire, if you may, and just want them to burn there, but they, they don't burn. They really do not burn. They're like fireproof, <laughs> if you may. I don't think it should be trivialized at all. Yeah, I totally re agree with that. Also, the stuff that you were saying about like how you had to like listen to that from your mom and like form your own opinions about like what's going on like that definitely was an issue for me like I learned to hate my father because of what my mom was saying about him and that thankfully there wasn't any abuse or anything like that in my family they were just like very incompatible so I'm really close with both my parents now which I'm grateful for but as I was growing up like she would just feed me all this stuff and like she her feelings were totally valid and like they definitely didn't have a good relationship but like it's really harmful as a child to hear stuff like that about your parents 
and like not knowing like how to process that or like the scope of the situation like it's really hard and I definitely was used as like like a talking board or like basically like I would hear just both sides like both of them just bashing each other and I would be like they would come to me like alone and be like oh your mom did this or your dad did this and I was like I am literally a child (laughs) like I am not a marriage counselor like this is (laughs) giving me like so much trauma (laughs) so I I don't want to speak for the collective but I think that I make divorce a personality trait at least for me like I joke about all the time with my friends I'll be like oh my parents like literally hate each other like they used to hate each other because that's just how I process through that stuff but I yeah I don't know about everyone else like it's definitely not something to be trivialized at all and the only reason I make fun of it I make fun of my own experience because it sucked and like I use humor as a coping mechanism for sure yeah I mean I feel like for different people i always took the position where i can't speak to somebody else's trauma or tell you you know what are the facets that make up your personality because you know i think about myself if someone was to come up to me and like look at something from my past and that i might be important to me and say that you know that's not really a personality trait i'll be kind of offended but yeah i feel like it depends on how you deal with it and it's how you cope with it and i agreed with what a lot of blue was saying when it came on to like you know parents feeding into the i feel like when it comes to that part about talking about it like you should never use the kids as like the sounding board like don't come to me and complain to me about something that mom did or said or something that dad did or said like you guys are grown like hash that out amongst yourselves like i'm the kid don't involve me because I feel like that's just unfair to for you to paint that picture. Because like at the end of the day, yeah, that might not be your wife anymore. That might not be your husband anymore. But that's still like my biological mother or father. Like there's nothing I can do to change that type of situation. So, but yeah, to, I mean, I'm not sure. I think some people might take it a step further. Some people might not want to harp on it, but it all depends on the person. Yeah, that's really powerful. Thank each of you for sharing that. And I resonated with one parent bashing the other. And it it, for a good reason. I like how Blue mentioned that. That, yeah, she spoke about it and this is what she was feeling. But I agree that you shouldn't bring that to your child because then the child – in my instance, you just start feeling shitty about yourself and all this other stuff, you know? So thank you all for sharing that. And I want to ask another question. I think I know the answer to this, but I can't be sure. Do you wish your parents remained together? If yes, why? If no, why not? I think you know my answer, no. (laughs) I do not wish my parents were still together. And it brings me back to like one of the first times when my mom actually ever told me anything about her experiences. And I'm sure she's told me like only 1%, right? Because I'm only 23 now. She doesn't really talk about it like that, right? And I said she waited some some amount of time to even tell tell us anything, right? Aside from what we'd witnessed ourselves that hadn't been inflicted on us or we'd seen happen to her. And so I remember there's a time I was sitting with my mom and she was like, she likes listening to a lot of music. 
and we were listening to this song by Babyface. It's called How Come, How Long. It came on. And so it's a song about like domestic abuse and basically encourages people, like witnesses, to speak up if they ever witness or encounter it. And it just like demonstrates how fast this can escalate and like what the consequences of such a relationship are, right? And how like, you know, abuse might develop a form of Stockholm syndrome, you know, taking on the blame and like continuing to like love your oppressor, right? And so my mom told me that, oh, this song like really spoke to her and it was like one of her favorite songs and helped her get through the abusive situation that was, you know, the marriage that she was in. And just listening to her speak about that. And I know there's a lot more that she doesn't tell me. And I just, I want her to tell me. You don't understand. Like at this point, I'm already an adult. I already made up my mind about what I, how I feel about this situation. But it would just help me to understand my mother more, you know, if I actually knew everything that really happened to her and understand like how that impacts how she, um, conducts herself in a day-to-day but she's just very good at shielding it right she's she's always spoken to me as like an adult like since i was a child she after like an um if i was in trouble she would basically speak her mind and she would say i'm not scalding you we're not arguing it's a conversation so you have to say something back if you don't have anything to say back just like summarize what i said right so i'm used to having that kind of um, relationship, and I don't think I would have had that kind of relationship with my parents if both of my parents were still there. Because as I said, I was like very scared of my father, right? And so he's also just never taken accountability for what he did. I think he's always just trying to paint it to other people that my mom was like trying to take away his kids from him, right? But like we've turned out really great, and my mom has. I really admire her. She's achieved so much that she would not have achieved if she was stuck in that situation. She's put me and my sister both through school. I'm just I'm just in awe of that woman, to be very honest. And my father's just never taken like make made an effort to try and mend the relationship. Like you're the parent, right? Um it's not the child's onus to try and keep reaching out to fix it. You're the parent, right? I feel like it's the parents responsibility to try and mend that and so no i do not wish they were still together my mom has achieved so much peace <laughs> and success and love and she's surrounded by so many people i do not think there's anything she's missing out on if anything she's better for it yeah i totally feel that i mean growing up my mom was like the sole bread breadwinner in my family So, like, growing up, I viewed her as such a powerful woman, like, my hero, my role model, and I mean, for good reason, but once things started going south, which was, like, pretty soon after I was born, and once I could, like, understand the scope of that, I had to, I was definitely struggling, especially with that, like, previous sounding board talk, like, it was really hard to separate her as, like, a successful woman and, like, a loving mother from her as, like, part of like a destroyed marriage and like having to hear that was really hard and like definitely altered my view of her the question was um do you wish they were still together hell no they should never have been together I remember growing up they would always tell me and this is really fucked up but they would always tell me oh we're gonna get a divorce like as soon as you graduate from high school they would tell me this like when I was in elementary school And even as a kid, I was like, why wait? And that puts so much pressure on me. I mean, it's not like I can alter the time it's going to take, but it just 
gives me a role in it that should not have been there. Like, don't wait for me to do something. Like, I am your child. Like, if anything, it's going to just make everything worse. Like, just having to wait years and years and years to get a divorce, which is why they literally just did. Now that I'm a senior in college, it's finally the process is over. I don't know. It's just, like, not okay at all. So, I do not wish they were still together, and if anything, they should have gotten divorced the first time they brought it up when I was, like, nine years old. I was talking to both of my parents about this, and I think, again, with the divorce happening at such an older age, I was able to understand better and ask these questions. So I had, I remember being on the train with my mom, and I was like, Mom, would I know Dad still loves you. Would you ever, you know, consider getting back together? And just listening to her response and listening to his response I think now I can say I'm glad the separation happened because I feel like it happened at the point before things started to go down into that deeply toxic place. I feel like if they had been together and if they had still been in the same space and like having those frequent arguments, like the relationship that they have today and the way that they can be in a room and laugh. I mean, they still obviously still have their disagreements, but the fact that they can still be humane and civil together and even still have fun together sometimes, you know, in a family setting, I don't think that would have been possible if the separation didn't happen at the point when it needed to, because they got their space. They were able to obviously mature and grow and reevaluate the nature of their relationship. So I think everything happens for a purpose and everything went the way that it was supposed to. So I don't, I mean, you can't know what's going to happen 10, 15 years from now. So, but in this moment right now, I think they're in a great place. And if things had been different, it might've changed that. Thank you each for sharing Blue, a lot of my friends, especially my best friend in high school, her parents got separated junior year, but they had constantly been fighting for a really long time. So I understand, even though I didn't experience what you experienced, I understand that. And Lilac, my mom also feels certain songs and she's like, this is it right here. (laughs) So I believe that. And Yellow, again, I admire your parents being better together now even though they're not together so thank you all for sharing I do not I'm so glad uh, my mom filed for divorce I'm so glad it's granted I don't even I can't even imagine that I already have so much trauma now with that little amount of years that they were together so I cannot imagine them being together for more time where I don't think I would be able to block out what I obviously witnessed. So grateful for that. And to wrap up this episode, what is one piece of advice that you would give others whose parents are divorced or who are going through a divorce currently in terms of coping? I would say that it's very specific to the reasons why they're getting separated or divorced in the first place. And so for me, I'll speak from my experience. It was, I was just happy to not be in that environment anymore because you do pick up, pick up things one way or another. A lot of my childhood, I had really horrible anger issues, right? And it's something that I'm still trying to actively work on right now. I'm older, so I'm more cognizant of it and I know what to do 
when a situation is about to escalate, right? And it happens less often. And so the earlier, for me, I was just looking at the earlier I left that situation, the, the earlier those, like I could stop picking up on those things and I could start working on myself. And I also did not feel lacking of a father figure, right? Um, my mother was a mother and she was doing everything in her power and props to her. Absolutely admire her. She's my like idol, everything you can think of. Like she's the queen. And um, I have a lot of uncles and like older cousins who, as you can say, like I, they're like my fathers basically. Like I'm not lacking of anything, any type, shape, form of love in that aspect. So just appreciating that you can get what what it is you think you will like be missing from your father that in the first place he wasn't even giving it you can get that from other places as well right it's not exclusive to one type of person so yeah just take it in stride um obviously when you're younger you don't really process it but if you're at an age where you're kind of aware of it i would just say just like take it one day at a time yeah, I definitely agree with everything that Lilac has said as well. Um, my piece of advice would be remember that it is not your fault at all. It is never a child's fault, even if they make you feel like it is, which is really messed up and they shouldn't be doing that. But if they are doing that, do not listen to them. It is not your fault. Their marriage existed before you did and the reasons it ended happen for a reason and you like you are just a like victim in this situation you are not involved in any way and anything any problems in their marriage should stay between them they can figure it out like yellow said they are grown adults like they are grown ass adults and they can figure it out themselves they do not need a child to yell at or make them feel guilty for whatever happened between them so just remember Lean on your friends, lean on your extended family, lean on your parents as long as you're keeping a separation, like not talking about the divorce and stuff like that. Lean on the people closest to you for emotional support during this time, for sure. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It is absolutely not your fault. And then in that same vein, don't get caught up in the idea of what is normal or what family is supposed to look like or what you're supposed to have versus what you don't have. You have what you have and the cards that are in your hand are the cards that are in your hand. So you just have to play the game and play with them as best as you can. Anybody who's coming up to you and saying or making you feel as though, oh, your parents aren't together, you're somehow less than or you're somehow not normal. Three of us, four, four of us and a roommate that we haven't met yet are on this call. So obviously it's more normal than you might, you know, most people might understand. So don't buy into the, okay, this is what normal is supposed to look like. I don't look like that. Then something is wrong with me and my situation. Nothing is wrong with your situation. It is the way it is. And, the best, and you can just try your best to be positive and make the best out of it but don't let anyone tell you that something is somehow wrong with you or you're somehow weird or different just because you don't have what society considers or promotes as the normal family structure 
Wow, that is powerful. A powerful piece of advice to end off on this episode. And yeah, I hate the term like broken family because what's broken about it? It's different. It looks different. And that ideal of the perfect family is rooted in the patriarchy and a lot of other problematic institutions. So thank you for bringing that up. My piece of advice is to seek out therapy. If you don't have the funds for therapy, I think like Blue said, leaning on others for emotional support and talking through things is important journaling because it is a life-changing event and it sucks and there will be times that you cry even years down the line from when everything occurred and it's fine to realize that and also to find ways to grow from it like lilac mentioned to grow and improve oneself and therapy really helps with that so thank you to each and every one of you for coming and joining us today for being vulnerable and for sharing your truths i know i was really impacted by each of what you shared and stated and the wisdom you gave and i know that the listeners will be immensely impacted So thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish everyone, all of the listeners, peace and love and also healing. If you could please rate and leave a comment on this podcast, that would be great. It would help us be more easily identifiable on iTunes and so on and grow our listenership. And tell your friends. Thank you. For more chill content, visit the Trillis underscore podcast on Instagram, T-H-E-T-R-I-L-L-E-S-T underscore podcast. And also visit Sia's Instagram at L-I-N-D-A-L-E-B-B-I-E. Mm-hmm.